Today, we're going to talk about challenger brands and how we perhaps go about building a challenger brand. My name is Samir. I'm the founder of a business called Prodigy Snacks Limited. Prodigy seeks to reimagine all the chocolate bar favorites that we all grew up with into a much better format that is better for us as humans and far less damaging to the environment. My research team did their research on you and you're making a big impact in the industry. The industry is talking about you. So how do you go about building a business that is going to take on these big institutional infrastructures. Step one is obviously... Our mission is to help 10 million people start and grow a business for free. We want nothing from you. In Pep Talk, we interview industry-leading experts from around the world who share actionable know-how and life lessons. That's why we're excited to partner with GoDaddy to power up Pep Talk. I've been using GoDaddy for years and would promote them on this podcast even if they didn't sponsor us. You can use their free website builder and start your online business at no cost and even get help these days with naming your business. For 40% off GoDaddy tools, click the link in the podcast notes below and use the code GDXPEPTALK. Samir, welcome to the podcast. Perhaps we could start off by you kindly taking a minute to explain what you do and who you are to the audience. Sure. Great. Thanks for having me. Um, <clears throat> my name is Samir. Uh, I'm the founder of a business called Prodigy Snacks Limited. Um, Prodigy seeks to reimagine all the chocolate bar favorites that we all grew up with um, and is seeking to reinvent them into a much better format that is uh, better for us as, as humans, better for our bodies uh, and far less damaging to the environment. Um, we're seeking to take on the issues in the chocolate industry, uh, health, sustainability, ethics, um, and wanting to show the, the big snack giants that, you know what, uh, it is possible uh, and chocolate bars can be made with better ingredients, more natural ingredients in plastic-free packaging in a much more sustainable way. Um, and that, you know what, um, this generation and the next, we deserve better. Um, and so, yeah, that's what Prodigy Snacks is, is aiming to do. I love it. And um, you, you've started out as a chef. So you, you've, you've been uh, in the food industry your whole career. And, and today, for the listeners uh, to know, we're going to talk about challenger brands and how you perhaps go about building a challenger brand. But when you explain what you're doing, it definitely feels like you're, you're challenging the status quo. So what, what gave you this idea? Where, where did it all begin? So, yeah, like you said, started my career out as a chef. So always been a, a bit of a foodie and, and, and into the food industry. Uh, after, after doing the chef stuff, uh, I uh, was uh, relocated to um, uh, West Africa to, and, and asked to sort of set up a manufacturing uh, business. So that was my first flavor or, or taste of, of manufacturing. And uh, it was all in the confectionery industry. So we were manufacturing biscuits and, and candies and lollipops and chewing gums and bubble gums and everything to do with sugar. Uh, and I did that for about 12, 14 years. And, and that's, that was where the, the, the steep learning curve was for me. Um, you know, building that business, I, I, was, I had the opportunity to go and visit sugar refineries, 
um, flour refineries, you know, palm oil factories. I saw the impact on the environment of, of industrially produced food. I saw the ingredients that go into all these, you know, highly processed um, sweet snack foods, glucose syrup, um, you know, all those kind of nasty ingredients. Uh, and so when I left that business um, in 2016 or so and moved back to the UK, um, you know, I, I was still young. I'm a, I'm a, a serial entrepreneur, I guess. Um, some would describe me as a, as a bit of a nutbag. Um, and so I wanted to, to do something again in the same industry. Um, but, you know, I saw a gap in the market in, in, in the chocolate business. Um, there were a lot of new sort of plant-based, uh, cleaner chocolate brands, of course, and they were, they were all doing, you know, wonderful things for the industry. Um, but I didn't see anybody taking on all the sort of, you know, nostalgic favorites that we all grew up with, uh, and, and seeking to, to reinvent them, um, uh, in, in a bet, in a better way. Um, so yeah, I had my kids as well, uh, after leaving Africa, um, all kids love snacks, all kids love chocolate treats. Uh, and I just couldn't watch them, you know, consume the crap that is out there on the shelves, uh, with all the toxic ingredients that, that they contain. Um, so I started Prodigy Snacks and, um, as you said, we're a challenger brand trying to challenge the establishment and, and, and show the big boys that there is a better way. So how do you go about building a business that is going to take on not only a big task, I guess, uh, but also these big institutional infrastructures. How, how do you, how do you go about what, what are the steps you took to begin that process? Step one is obviously, you know, decide on what your proposition is. Um, you know, what are you trying to do? Uh, and, and you have to be single-minded about it. You can't be everything to everybody. Um, so you've got to, you know, you've got to pick a fight. You've got to pick a cause, um, as a challenger brand, um, uh, you know, land on what that cause is and then have the guts and the resolve to, to, to go forth and, and, and pick that fight. Um, so we, we picked the, the, the chocolate segment. We picked this particular, uh, sub segment of the chocolate industry. You know, we describe it as impulse or, um, you know, uh, count line, which is the sort of single, single serve 40 gram, 50 gram chocolate bars that, that we all know and love. Uh, so we picked that format, we picked that industry. Um, and then of course you go about forming your brand, uh, cause you know, you have to build a brand in this industry, in this business. Um, you've got to develop that brand loyalty and you've, you've got to deliver, you know, uh, a unique or, or, or a differentiated offering to your consumer base. So we created the brand that was step number one, uh, which we're very happy with. Uh, rebellious brand, a challenger brand. Uh, and then step two is, you know, uh, the, the model here in, 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 in the UK or even in the US is, 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 is there's no need to start manufacturing, uh, the products yourself. Um, it's a huge commitment to build a factory, um, especially when you're starting out. Um, so you would find an outsourced production capabilities. You'd find a factory or a manufacturer who would be willing to produce the products for you. Um, that would be step two. Uh, and then, yeah, build your team, gather, uh, you know, a group of committed individuals around you, um, and set about, you know, marketing and, and distributing and pitching to the supermarkets and retailers, um, and getting your product and getting your brand out there. Um, we by no means have finished our journey. Uh, we're, we're still climbing that mountain. 
COVID has uh, been a huge uh, setback for us and the industry as a whole. Um, so we still got a long way to go. Um, but yeah, those are the sort of fundamental beginning steps of, of um, setting up this food business that we have. And I feel like the incumbent businesses have, I know myself you know, as, as a kid growing up in England, you know, having a, a, a chocolate bar um, was, was a big thing. And, you know, you, uh, you get used to the brand and that, that brand taste. And I feel like that's a very hard bit, changing people's habits. And you mentioned it there, where people, what people love, right? And they're often, they are attached to the brand. How do you break into that? How do you how do you break into people's, I guess, uh, lifestyle when they when they're used to those existing products? Wow, great question. Um, <clears throat> well, for us, and, and and again, many challenger brands, you know, adopt the same sort of strategy or philosophy, and and that's that is giving the consumer a why, right? You're 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 painting a picture. You're you're delivering a brand promise that that is offering the consumer an alternative choice. And it's more about what the brand stands for. What's the mission the brand is on? Um, you know, what is their philosophy? What are they trying to do? What are they trying to change? Um, and you, you, you find connections with your consumer audience uh, on those premises. You're, you're, you're giving them a, an alternative reason. Well, you're giving them a justifiable reason to change from what they are accustomed to. And as you said, you know, the brands they love. Um, so consumers today are looking for those better choices, whether it's a, a better taste option, whether it's just a better philosophy of the brand. Uh, and as we're doing, um, you know, doing better for the environment, uh, doing better for the planet, doing better for our bodies. Um, and so these are all the reasons why um, that we exist and therefore trying to connect with our audience and saying to them, you know what, um, these are better reasons to purchase our product. Um, the, the, the existing brands that you've been growing up with are, 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 are not doing the same things, are not making the same choices. They're still churning out the same stuff as they've been doing over the past 50 years. It's still damaging your bodies. It's still damaging our planet. Uh, and so make a better choice. Uh, and now you have a better choice. And so therefore, here are the reasons <laughs> that you should make that choice. No, it makes total sense. I just think about it again. I'm thinking about my listeners that might be starting um, a challenger brand, but I, I know myself. You know, when I go to the garage and fill up my car, and I, I walk to the counter, and the, the line of food in front of me often is these mainstream, not healthy, not thinking about all the things you just talked about products. But it's it's almost like a convenience thing where you you grab what's there. I'm resisting saying a particular brand name, but I'm thinking of a particular chocolate brand, you know, and I just grab it because it's easy. It's a pound, you know, and, and somehow it's in your pocket and you're in the car and, and you've, you know, you, none of, none of that information is, is, and I, and I consider myself a quite a knowledgeable person when it comes to health and nutrition and I'm quite aware and, and I am aware of where products come from and the ethics behind these products, but still that convenience gets me. So how do you challenge that? How do you, how do you challenge the status quo in, in, in things like that? Well, like you said, it's all about convenience and, and pricing is, of course, a, a big factor. Um, and look, it, it's it's certainly not easy. Um, you know, you've 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 hit uh, the nail on the head. It's it's a huge challenge to to get consumers to 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 make that change um, and to go 
and to get out of their comfort zone, right? And 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 make that different choice. Um, and that's exactly what you know. One of the epiphany moments that I have was was standing in a gas station uh, once with my kids, and and we were on a road trip, and we, we we walked into the gas station to buy some snacks, and we were just faced with all the usual choices, which you know, uh, knowing what I know, uh, I, I just didn't want my my kids to consume. Um, and so hence you know had had the moment and said you know what i, I think i just got to start my own my own brand um but yes you know it, it's about democratizing health and wellness right you know pricing is an issue products like like what we produce at prodigy snacks are more expensive um but that's because again we're still small we haven't been able to scale uh and the food industry needs Need, needs to change. Um, the more people consume products like ours with those better ingredients, the more available those better ingredients will be to the food industry, the more brands will start to consume them or use them in their products. Uh, and, and the more you scale that, the, the, the cheaper those ingredients become and eventually the cheaper, the better products become. So, you know, yes, it's a huge mission to get consumers to change, but the more consumers make that change and the more they consume and the more they demand better, all these sort of uh, challenger brands and challenger products with better ingredients will bring, you know, will, will become cheaper and more accessible. Um, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to inspire that change, you know, change in the mindset, change in the industry. We're trying to show consumers as well that these products, better products, you know, are possible, are available, uh, are affordable. Um, and so encouraging them to, to well, in, in, encouraging the community to, to, to keep consuming, keep purchasing, keep demanding. Uh, and as we grow, we'll make it more and more affordable for them. If this podcast is inspiring you to start or grow a business, then I recommend you use Taylor Brands. They are our sponsor for this podcast and they help you not only craft a brand, but design merchandise and so much more. In the last year, I've used this site for every single one of my businesses. I couldn't recommend them more. And we've even negotiated a 40% off discount code for you. Just use PEP, P-E-P, when using their website to make your booking. Now, let's get back to the podcast. I did my research on you. My research team did their research on you. And you're making a big impact in the industry. The industry is talking about you. And I think that's often a good sign as well, right? I mean, people that want to build a challenger brand, if you can actually get the people you're trying to disrupt talking about you right there and then, you're actually making an impact, right? Because the they might have to change to ensure you don't take all the market. <laughs> and in that way, you win too, right? If they change, then your mission is also uh, fulfilled. Absolutely. Um, you know, we're not trying to, we're not trying to, um, you know, put the big boys out of business as such. We're just trying to, yeah, we're trying to inspire that change um, because there's no need for it. You know, it, it's, it's laziness it, as well, in a way. It, right? it's, it's laziness. It's, 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 you know, the growing world of, of fast paced life and, and, and city life. And, you know, we all demand convenience. We all demand packaged foods because life is busy. We don't have time to, to, to cook and, and cook fresh food and all of that. Um, so I, I totally understand that, that, you know, convenience demands, um, you know, all the, this, this, this sort of all this packaged foods. Uh, and so all, all, all the industry has therefore delivered that uh, cheap, tasty, 
convenience packaged foods, but with no regard to health and with no regard to the impact on our environment. Uh, and it's been going on for five decades. And yes, okay, education level three, four decades ago, you know, wasn't the same as it is today. And the big, the big snack giants probably didn't even know the impact that they were making on on health and and uh, and the planet. But now we do know, and we've known now for quite some time. Um, so yeah, we as long as the the industry changes, as you said, uh, our mission is is somewhat successful. Looking at the way you get this message across, of course, on a on a product, there's only so much space. In a retail environment, there's only so much space. How do you get this message across? This purpose driven mission that you're on. <sighs> yep, that's the that's also the biggest challenge that we're facing at the moment is getting our message across, communicating all the benefits that our our brand and products have. Um, I said earlier that you've got to pick one fight um, and, and one mission. And our mission is, as, as, as we've said now, is, is to change the industry. But in doing so, our product, our product attributes uh, are, are quite a few. We are low in sugar. We are high in fiber. We are plastic free. We are all natural. We are plant based. Um, you know, we, we have all these credentials uh, bundled into, into one brand or, or one product range. And it is a monumental challenge to get that message across and communicate all those attributes to all the different audiences that, that, that exist out there. Some audiences are only concerned with sugar. Some audiences are only concerned with the sustainability side of things. Um, the the plant-based audience is, 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 is growing immensely, as you know. Um, they're more concerned about just being plant-based and not, not necessarily concerned with their sugar intake. Um, <clears throat> yet there are some people like me who are concerned with all those issues. I want to be sustainable. I want to consume a better product. I, I want to consume less sugar. I don't want to consume refined sugar. Um, so yeah, trying to communicate all these individual attributes to, to the broader audience is a massive challenge. Um, but we do it via our communications. We do it via our uh, digital marketing. We do it via our website. Uh, we do it via our trade marketing with our retail partners. Um, and yeah, again, you know, we're, we're by no means sort of, uh, you know, uh, on top of the mountain, but uh, we're, we're, we're slowly making our way up. It might seem like a weird question, but how did you become aware in this way? Were your parents very conscious of, of, of these things? Were your parents entrepreneurs? How, how did you get this purpose-driven mindset? Well, um, <clears throat> so my father was uh, an entrepreneur, yes. Uh, he also started his own business at a, at a very young age. Um, so I guess that entrepreneurial spirit um, was modeled to me. Um, he built his business from the ground up. You know, he started his business in, in a market stall um, and, and began a trading business that, that grew to, to a reasonable size. So, yeah, I suppose, you know, watching my father do all that uh, instilled that, that sort of, you know, business or entrepreneurial attitude in me. But in terms of the purpose, um, you know, building a business with purpose, um, I honestly don't know where that, that has come from. It, uh, like I said earlier, you know, being in that industry uh, and building a business from the ground up for those 12, 14 years and witnessing um, how sugar is actually made and what is used to refine sugar. I mean, it was, I suppose I was shocked. I, I suppose it was the shock of, of witnessing all of that 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 led me 
you know, and my food background that led me to say enough is enough and, and we've got to do it differently. Fair. Well, I'm glad you did wake up and, and you're doing what you're doing. We, we need it. Um, so the challenger brand wise, one of my favorites in this space is, is Oatly. And um, I do love the way they, they, their messaging plays out, you know, the whole like, um, um, just like milk, but for humans, you know, I love that. They're, they're kind of, they're digging at the milk industry, but in a humorous way. And, but they got into a little bit of trouble because they got investors that weren't eco-friendly, like mm-hmm. BlackRock. And so they, they came a little bit unstuck. But I wondered, how did you get this business off the ground? Did you get investors? I mean, you have to have, I guess, the whole line needs to be focused on the purpose. And, and so what did you, how did you get the business up and running? Um, well, I, I kicked things off with... Um, my own savings, I guess you could say. Um, so started the business with my own capital. Uh, and then, yes, we have brought in uh, a small amount of investors thus far. Um, so we have brought in some investors to help fund and capitalize the business. I mean, it's essential, uh, it, you know, a business like ours with with a tremendous need for 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 marketing campaigns digital marketing campaigns uh you know websites and trade marketing as well with all the big retailers uh it needs a lot of capital um and yeah you know you've got to you know you've got to sort of spread the risk um carrying the financial burden of of uh of a business like this on your own is is uh is pretty intense um and so it's always good to bring in other investors to help share that burden with you uh they can of course add value to your business they may come with their own connections they may, may come with their own unique skill and knowledge um uh you know and i and i i believe in collaboration and and i believe in in bringing in you know uh, added value wherever you can you know I, I don't profess to know everything about everything um and and you can always benefit from other people's advice and help so bringing in investors not only for their money but also for for their skill and knowledge yeah well said and i don't want the audience to miss quite an important point here that even if you don't need to raise money there can be huge benefits on getting a partner investor in if you get the right one it can literally be transformational nothing to do with the money just the support um, are you a sole founder in this business um well no my my wife and i are co-founders um so we we both wanted to do this we both wanted to to get this business off the ground to make some kind of impact to make to make a difference um so yeah i i take care of the brass tacks i'm i'm the sort of operations person um building the business and and putting the money together and and appealing to investors and so on uh and and my wife is is more the sort of marketing brains of the business uh and the creative side and and trying to get our communications and messaging right um and our whole sort of brand personality and tone of voice Again, another interesting point there, I think that, that when you have a co-founder, having very different roles actually makes it work. Having your own areas that you control and respecting each other in those uh, respective roles is crucial. And uh, so you know, um, every time I interview someone, that formula comes up as, as a winning formula. I like to highlight it to people. And so it's, I, I also worked with my partner for many years and it was, it, was, it was awesome because we had very separate roles. But it can get very messy if you both do the same job. So um, I wanted to, um, you're also an investor in quite a few businesses. And when I look at the businesses that you've invested in, I feel like you're investing in the same mission that other that you're on but in other people's businesses is that is that the strategy for the other investments you've made absolutely right you know um 
I've got 20 years experience in, in the food industry. I'm trying to change it. Uh, and so not only through my own business, but yeah, through other businesses that I can see who are on a similar mission. And, and again, who are trying to just reinvent, you know, products that, are, that, that consumers want, but, but doing it in a better way. Um, so yeah, I've invested in, in uh, less than a handful of them, a couple of them here in the UK, uh, and one or two in the US. Uh, and yeah, that we're all on a similar mission and I've chosen those businesses, um, because of those reasons, you know, um, because they're a better ingredient profile, because they are better for the environment and, and, and because they're better, um, uh, you know, not as, as damaging and toxic to our bodies. Yeah. Again, for people that are looking for investors, understanding why people are investing in things can, can get you the investment. I, I'm the same. I've invested in a lot of businesses too. And my mission is to help people start and grow a business for free. So any tool out there that helps people do that, I invest in it. So it's, it's interesting to see, um, you know, you're not just investing for a financial return. You're actually investing in your own purpose. You believe these products need to be improved, changed, made better change the industry and it's, it's inspiring and I, and I want to thank you for doing it i'm going to end the podcast by just asking you this final question if you had to do it all again and of course you've been running your present prodigy snacks business for five years what would you do differently what would i do differently um <clears throat> I, I guess that the, the thing that comes to mind is the whole digital marketing piece um when we first set out, you know, we're, 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 we were, we're an impulse category product. So we need to be on, on shelves. We need to be on retail supermarket shelves and, and accessible and, 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 you know, all the commuters going to work, they need to be able to, to see us, uh, at, at the WA Smith or, or at, at the local store. Um, so the big focus was on retail and getting distribution. Um, obviously COVID hit and everybody was stuck at home. Uh, and, and it was, uh, it was a really dark period, um, for us, but we, you know, we, we, we picked ourselves up, we dusted ourselves off and we're like, okay, well, let, let's, let's start, let's start looking at, at, at e-commerce and building our own web shop and, and our, and our D2C direct to consumer, um, you know, sales channel and, and, and revenue stream for the business. Um, but it was a quick down and dirty thing that we had to do because we had to move quickly. We were in the middle of COVID, the retail landscape had dried up. Um, and so we, we went for it, but without, uh, without a blue, without a blueprint, without a roadmap. Uh, I was new to the world of digital marketing. I, I guess I assumed that we would learn as we, we went along, but I now know that, um, uh, you know, building a D2C strategy is is a very complex task. Uh, it involves an entire ecosystem that you have to build for your business. And so I suppose what I would have done differently what I, I, is that I would have taken a bit more time, created that blueprint, created that roadmap for the D2C e-commerce strategy, uh, and then, you know, mapped it out in detail, employed people in-house, to, to be part of that digital marketing strategy rather than relying, for example, solely on a, on an agency, which is what we ended up doing. Um, and yeah, that's probably what I, what I would have done differently. That's great insight. And I think, I appreciate you also um, being you know, so open about, uh, I guess, uh, an, a step error there. But I think people can learn from that. I mean, it takes time to do a blueprint, but that two weeks of doing a blueprint could probably save you millions and years uh, in equal measure. So, but it is, it is right. a temptation of entrepreneurs. I'm sure the listeners feel this way quite often of just like, let's just do it and learn as we go. I've had a similar experience. If you just take two weeks, a little bit of time and plan it out before pressing the go button, you really can uh, save yourself a lot of pain. 
So a good tip. Thank you for that. It's wonderful to have you on the podcast. Really appreciate your time today. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Pep Talk. We hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to follow The Purposeful Project on all our social media channels where we're giving away even more free business secrets and entrepreneurial value. Again, we'd like to thank our sponsor GoDaddy for powering this podcast. From naming a business to buying a domain name to building your website for free, GoDaddy has you covered. For 40% off GoDaddy tools, click the link in the podcast note below and use the code GDXPEPTALK. See you next time, entrepreneurs. And remember, you're not alone.